Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Hey! Welcome back, guys. If you notice, today's shirt I'm wearing is AJ's. I think this was a throwback to 2016. Maybe? I don't remember. Anyways... I thought, why not show some love to the LA Galaxy and my boy, AJ De La Garza. Did you guys notice again, Cristiano was the intro to the show? It's really growing on me. I really like it. Again, if you guys want to try and do the intro to the show, you can record yourself and send it into the show. Just email it to thejesusshownto at gmail.com. Try it out and maybe I'll use it. Maybe I won't. Who knows? You don't know unless you try. Speaking of trying, my guest for today, I am over the moon about it. I'll get into that in just a moment. I want to share with you guys real quick a little story about the apartment complex. So recently, somebody who lives here, I can't give the person's name, they know you're watching, you know exactly who I'm talking about. So there's this there's this lady that lives here and she I only thought she had one dog, but apparently now she has two dogs. So one of our friends who lives here, she just a couple days ago, uh, she told us that her dog was attacked by what well, is attacked a good word? Yeah, it attacked her dog Rocco because should I say Rocco's name? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, the dog attacked Rocco. Uh, he's a sweet, sweet, sweet dog. Uh, every time I see him, he'll bite. He'll bite my beard, and he just kind of barks at me. Ruh, 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 ruh. He bite, not bites, but he just nibbles at my beard, and I give him some love. I love. I love that guy. Uh, aside from our dogs, I love that guy. Um, no, because there is Prince. I do love Prince too. I I like a lot. I love a lot of dogs. I love, what I'm trying to say is I love Rocco also. Anyways, so Rocco got bit on his, one of his legs. He had two punctures and then on his head. So this girl's dog also went after Jacob's dog, Opie, uh, went after Apollo. I don't know if he went after Thanatos. I know Thanatos came in and started trying to fuck him up. They were, what, I think they were like eight months Seven months? Oh, yeah. And our boys turned one. Hey. Um, so, I mean, this dog has attacked a lot of people's dogs. So, I, I don't know. I've never understood. Like, if you have a dog and it attacks other dogs, you would think that you'd be more mindful of, around other dogs. But, I mean, some people are fucking stupid. Like this lady. Well, it's her, her mom, and I guess her sister or something. They're all fucking just dumber than a box of rocks. It's it's embarrassing. So so yesterday, right? Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the boy's birthday. On the boy's birthday, Jacob came over to give the boys a gift. He got them a couple duck duck hearts, um, turkey necks, and a duck head. Uh, they're freeze-dried. And we give the boys a bunch of raw food and stuff, and they love it. So he came over, gave him a gift, and we we're like, oh, thanks, man. You didn't have to do that. Uh, the same Jacob who gave me 
the guitar that I played last week that everybody kept telling me that is amazing. You're welcome. So we're talking to him over at the dog park, just kind of catching up with him a little bit. And the girl comes around the corner coming from where Jacob lives and her dogs start barking. Our boys are further away from us and they run up to the gate and they so everybody starts barking at each other. But our boys are in a enclosed dog park and they were by me. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm telling them like, oh, relax, relax, relax. But her dogs lunge to try to go up to the fence where the boys are. And she, I mean, she couldn't control the girl weighs maybe like a hundred pounds if that. So as they're pulling her, she's pulling back and she falls back. And at first, I don't know if she hit her head at first. I was like, oh shit. So we all ask, are you okay? And when she said, yes, once we figured out she was fine, then in my head, I thought that's what you fucking get for having your dogs. Number one, I think they were on like a retractable leash or maybe it was just a long leash. Again, if you know your dogs lunge and I'll tell you Thanatos, one of my dogs, our dogs, me and Ali dog, me and Ali's dogs, he'll lunge at, he'll lunge at people and other dogs. He'll do it. Sometimes he's fine. Other times just, he wants to fuck somebody up, but we know that about him, right? So on our leash, we have the handle at the end of the leash and a handle closer to the collar so we can control him better. So when we see people approaching, we grab that point. And that's usually how we walk them because we don't, we like them to walk next to us, not too far in front because we watch a lot of Caesar Milan and Caesar Milan says, that's what you should do. I don't know if that's what you should do, but that's what we do. I like to have them next to me. Uh, that's just my per- personal preference. So because I know he does this, I'll grab him. I will grab that part of the leash where it's closer to him so I have more control. Now, when I'm grabbing him, I don't tense up because, again, Caesar Milan says, if you tense up and you're nervous, the dog can feel it and then it could cause them to react. So I normally walk Thanatos with with a shorter uh, portion of the leash. And, you know, we'll just go, we're relaxing. And then the moment I see that he's about to lunge, you know, I give him a little, no. And then if he does, I have a, I have a lot more control of him. So he does this thing where he'll get on his back legs and he'll just kind of hop. And I'm, you know, and I tell him no. And I put my body between him and the dog or the person or whoever. And I try to get his, I try to get his attention on me, you know, put like a treat. I have a treat in my hand. I put it, you know, like, Hey, like focus, get, it's not attack mode. It, this is walk time. This is me and you time. So I do all these things. Also, if I see somebody coming towards me with a dog, I tend to either go the other way or I'll find another path because I'm an adult and I can use my brain and I go, you know, the smart thing in this this situation is to do something else. Don't go towards the fucking dog that you already know you've had problems with. There's some dogs around here that our dogs have had problems with, you know, they bark at them and sometimes it's for no reason. And we think, what the fuck's wrong with our dogs? 
So we just try to avoid it. So there isn't a situation, right? Yeah, no. These people are fucking dumb and they don't do any of that. You would think that, oh, maybe once or twice. No, this is like the 20th, 21st, 22nd time and they still don't fucking get it. Anyways, so she fell and I thought, fuck yeah, that's what that's what you get. Karma. Now, remember, I said we made sure she was okay. She she said she didn't hit her head. Uh, she could have, but she seemed okay. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, yeah, fuck that. More of the story, uh, make sure you control your dogs. Because if we can do it, you can do it. The more you know. Now, let's get into it. My guest for today is... Somebody I grew up, when I say grew up, it, it seems like he's been, in, you know, in the league forever. He has, but I think, what, I'm two years older than him? Three years older than him? I can't remember. Um, but, like I was saying in the, in the beginning, shoot your shot or take a chance. I messaged him on Instagram. I guess I don't have to keep you in suspense too long because you guys probably already saw the... Um, the name on the name of the guest on the title of the show. Uh, it's Kai Kamara. Holy shit. That's, that's insane. I sent him a message on Instagram and I went, Hey man, I would love for you to be on the show and that'd be cool. And then I think two days later he sent me a message. He's like, yeah, let's do this. And I went, Holy shit. So yeah, I get to interview Kai Kamara. If you guys don't know who he is, you should, uh, because duh, and you can find him on Instagram. I want to make sure I have this correct. It's at the number two, the letter K, the number three. So two K three on Instagram. Uh, I talked to him. He didn't have very much time or he didn't have too much time because he agreed to do this while he was in Sierra, Sierra Leone. He was with the national team out there. Um, I asked him if he wanted to reschedule and he was more than happy to give me his time. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. So I only wanted to keep him on for like 30, 40 minutes because I didn't want to take too much of his time. And I was even ecstatic that, well, I was surprised and ecstatic that he said yes. So here we go with Kai Kamara. All right, everybody, we're back with my guest today, Kai Kamara. Hey, man, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. No problem, you know. Uh, when you see a name like that, you can't not, you know, do show with Jesus. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I was like, yes, let's do this. Nice. Well, let's jump into it, man. Uh, where did where did you grow up? So I um from Sierra Leone, from Kenema, which I'm in Sierra Leone right now talking to you. It's you know, uh, what is it, 8 p.m. here in Sierra Leone, yeah. and it's about, yeah, 75 degrees, you know, so it's warm. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I grew up, you know, I was born and raised in Kenema, Sierra Leone, and uh, I grew up here. And then later on, after a civil war, I was able to move to the Gambia, which is a little island country inside of Senegal. Okay. And uh, so I grew yeah, I was in the Gambia for a few years while we uh, then migrated to the United States in a refugee program. Oh, so wow. then when I went to the U.S., it was uh, California, Los Angeles. So at what age did you come to America? I moved to the U.S. at the age of 16. 
Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so my my soccer didn't really start until I was seventeen, so it's crazy. No way, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't. I mean, I, I was I was sixteen, um, uh, September, and September two thousand, and that's when I moved to the U.S. in uh, October of two thousand. So I didn't start playing until the fall the next year, two thousand and one, when I did move to LA. That's when I started playing uh, soccer and competitively. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I mean, my my next question is like, when did you when did you see yourself like, oh, I want to go pro? Like, were you aware that you can play soccer as a living? You know, uh, I guess when you're from Africa, from around these parts. Or you could say South America and all these places, people always want to play soccer. Okay. And uh, I remember after leaving Africa, you know, your your friends tell you, yeah, go out there, go show those little boys, you know, how we play out here, you know. Um, but you're scared. But when I when I uh, moved to the U.S. and then I saw the MLS, I remember watching the MLS once, and uh, it was the Marcus Beasley and uh, and you know Landon Donovan days, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to play. I want to play in the MLS, you know, yeah. and then living, then living in LA, you know, grow, growing up, just being Kobe Jones fan, just follow Kobe and Los Same. Angeles galaxy. I, I'm just right next door to the, the galaxy place. And that, all that motivated me when I saw the stadium being built, I went to Lunsinger high school in uh, Hawthorne, California. Um, same school as Russia Westbrook. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, my other boy, uh, Darrell Wright, Dylan Wright. So, yeah, it's a good school, actually. And Jesse Zardes, Jesse, I'm sorry, we all went to the same high school. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Home Depot Center was being built. So while Home Depot Center has been built, that was kind of the motivation, you know, to say, okay, now you got to go to college. And so I chose to go to Cal State Dominguez Hills. So then I can be close to the Galaxy and watch the stadium build up in 2000, uh, 2002, three. And uh, sorry, 2005 or so. And then I went to school there in 2006. And through all that, just you see the stadium. I go to the Galaxy games. I see Kobe all the time and all yeah. the Galaxy. And that's just how. Oh, that's really cool. When you were playing at Cal State Dominguez Hills, did you ever, like, did you think, oh, okay, if I want to go into the MLS, I want to play for the Galaxy? Like, was that in your yeah. head at all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, you're a hometown boy. You're from L.A., you know, and growing up in L.A., I was in the riot squads, cheering for the Galaxy, nice. you know. Um, so, you know, you know all the songs, the Galaxy songs and stuff. So it was, yes, definitely was one of those. I wanted to play for the Galaxy, and I worked at the Home Depot Center at the, at the stadium. Okay. So, and Ziggy Schmid was the coach then, you know, and I played in high school against Ziggy's kids. And Ziggy used to bring me in and training with the Galaxy. So with all that, it was kind of like in your DNA feeling like you're going to play for the Galaxy, you know? Yeah. And I started knowing all the guys, you know, Pete Maynes and, uh, you know, Albrights, you know, Lewis and everybody that played for the Galaxy. And, uh, but at the end of the day, Ziggy moved to Columbus, Ohio, and he picked me and took me to Columbus, Ohio. So that so leads into my next question. So is that how you ended up in Columbus? Yeah, the first time around in 2006 when I got drafted, that's how I ended up playing for Columbus Crew. Ziggy had moved, and Ziggy was one of the first. Ziggy and Bob Bradley was the only two coaches that really knew who I was. Bob okay. was with Chivas USA, and Bob used to also bring me in for training 
so he knew me, and Ziggy knew me well. So um, Ziggy played a lot of mind games, though, man. Like I remember <laughs> doing the draft year. He's like, when we were getting going to the draft and we played the combine, he's like, yeah, I didn't really do that well. So now I'm nervous. I don't know what team I'm going to go to because Ziggy said I didn't do well at the combine, you know? Oh, wow. And okay. then all of a sudden, <laughs> then he drafted me. And, uh, then he drafted me. But what a legend he is, man. You know, he was one of my favorite coaches uh, growing up. You know, obviously, he coached the Galaxy. And I uh, grew up watching him. Um, and then when he left, I was like, oh, man, the Galaxy are never going to be the same. I was like, oh, this is terrible. And then real quick, if I can tell you a quick story, when I was younger – yeah. It was during the off season, and the U.S. came to play at the Home Depot Center. And I remember seeing you, you know, from our seats. And I, you know, told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, "Oh my God, look, it's Kai Kamara." She goes, "Go over there and say hi." And I go, "No, what no, no." Game? What game? Was, was it those January games? I, I think it could have. It, it had to have been one of the January games. I want to yeah. say they played. I think they played Sweden. Yes, okay. I think they played Sweden. teams, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I saw you and she was like, go ask him for a picture. I was like, no, I'm not going to ask him for a picture. I was like, no, no, no. On, and I think man. I saw you. Come I think on. I saw you like from afar. And I was like, hey, that was it. I was I was just too nervous, man. I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But, it's, but every it's time probably, I would. It's, it's probably the one and only game. I remember in January, I went to watch a, a, a U.S. game. The first time I paid to watch a soccer game. Really? And I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm at the Home Depot Center. I'm calling everybody to get tickets, and I didn't get it, and I paid to go watch a game, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to mark this. That's the first time I paid to watch a, a, a soccer game. <laughs> a soccer game. US game. Yeah. So how, how was it going from you coming to the States, and then now you're with Columbus Crew? Like, what, what went through your head when you're like, oh, man, I'm with an MLS team now? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's a blessing. It's crazy. Uh, it's work, it's sacrifice, you know, for the young ones, really, you have to make those sacrifices and set your goals. You set your goals and, you know, go get it. You know, it's fun when you're, you know, uh, working towards your goals. They were, when I said in 2000, moving into the U.S. and then watching the MLS, and then I said, yeah, I want to play in the MLS. You know, it was just more of me saying it. And yeah. then they were like, okay, you got to play in school because here they draft people from school. So I said, no problem. And then, um, now they're okay, you got to keep your grades. You got to play in school. So high school, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And, you know, I was able to play at high school. You know, you play four years, but I only played two years because I was really late. Um, as I moved to the U.S. late. But, you know, I made up my school in summer times and all this. And then now they're like, okay, for you to play, you have to play in college. And now it was hard, really, you know, to get the grades and then go to college. I redshirted my first year. So it doesn't really always happen for everyone. Yeah. My education level was really low coming from Sierra Leone uh, and coming from Africa and moving to the U.S. You know, my SAT scores were bad, but I redshirted and I sat there and I learned. And, you know, um, as I was just around the players and some of the actually good players from Kelsey Dominguez Hills that did go up uh, to pro level and play, you know, Javier Barragan, goalkeeper that, you know, did go to the Chiefs USA. You know, Victor Guerrero, one of our best players over at Justin Dominguez Hills later on. Also, you know, I was with Chivas USA for a bit. So I watched those guys and they really motivated me to say, you know, I can do it too. And so the transition of really being uh, an immigrant into the U.S. and then finally then becoming a professional soccer player, it was just setting goals and just going for it. 
how was how was the support the the support system at home like how was were your parents supportive when you were like hey look this is the path i want to go you know um i only live with my mom yeah single single parent my mom and my mom work as a waitress and uh she she was gone all the time but the fact that i saw her gone all the time working mm-hmm. motivated me to stay uh, you know out of trouble so i knew i couldn't come home after school because there's nobody home she's at work so what i did was i involved myself in sports sports so i did volleyball cross country track and all this so that after school i stayed at school and and participated in after school programs you know and trained so she supports me by the way she you know um how hard she worked my mom yeah. never watched me play high, high school soccer and my mom never watched me play until i went to college and she watched like really? maybe two games of mine in college well because she was always <laughs> she working was always right working. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah yes but i did not hold that against her because again we're from this african family where you have to support you know not just people in america uh, family in america but also have to send stuff to africa and support the family back home so she had yeah. to just keep doing that and that was my motivation she does that and then i know you know it's not like she's not there but she's there now i got to make sure i stay sane and you know stay out of trouble and make sure i'm doing my own stuff yeah of course wow man that's yeah. crazy uh i wanted to ask you so one of the things that when I've watched you play, one of the things that I've noticed when you, uh, one of your goal celebrations is you make a heart with your hands. How did, how did that come about? Um, it's a later story, but obviously I would say heart shaped hands has just been, yes, uh, my celebration before Gareth Bale, by the way. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> got Bale it first. Kind of trade, trademark heart shaped hands. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, it was I think the first year um, when Vancouver Whitecaps came into the league. Actually, it was my first um, year doing the hardship hands. And uh, 2011, I want to say it was. And uh, that's just how it started. You know, there's a little bit of a backstory to it that I haven't explained yet, which will, I will explain maybe when I'm done playing soccer. But then now hardship hands just became my signature stuff. I do do my dance, my other celebrations all the time, but the hardship hands is a signature and which is great that the fact that it led me into then, into then uh, building my foundation called Kai Kamara Hardship Hands Foundation, which I'm using my heart and my hands to give back to my country, Sierra Leone. So it's just, oh, that's beautiful, man. Know, it just worked out perfect. Yeah. So, so when did you start your foundation? My foundation started in 2012. 2012, okay. Um, yes, in 2012, started the foundation. I had been doing foundation work since 2009 when I played for Houston Dynamo, but I never really wanted to be to think, oh, I need to register it because I felt yeah. like this, this is just my country. I'm helping kids. I'm helping uh, school-going kids. And then when I was in Kansas City, then they motivated me saying, no, if you've been doing this since 2009, we should register the foundation and so you can actually people can help you so it's not just your money that you're putting into it um, because usually what i do is every time i get an appearance i use my appearance fee and put it in there and so i can get oh, back. Nice. I feel like people will love to help so that's how it started oh that's really cool i was telling you uh off camera that my cousin works for legend fc legends fc and he was telling me that they got 
uh, a whole U-Haul together and they just donated a bunch of stuff. And then it was really cool because then when I when I saw you uh, post it, you know, you posted something on your Instagram and it's just showing the kids, you know, like just the appreciation, you know, just, you know, playing soccer and, and, and running around and you just see all these kids like, wow, that that's that's really touching. And that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I started following your foundation, because okay. not only did I see it on Instagram, because I mean, that's how normally I see things. Yes. Yes. But then I thought, what what is it besides Instagram that I want to see? So it was, you know, just the way you're helping everybody out. And I think that's really that's really amazing that you want to give something back to the people or the place that uh, you grew up. So, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I, it is. It is. Thank, thank you for following, you know, the foundation. And it's, to me, I owe everything to, yes, where I grew up. Yes. If it wasn't for the civil war, if it wasn't for coming from Sierra Leone, mentally, I wouldn't have been, you know, so strong. I would have been this happy, you know, guy going around and just being happy. So I wanted to use the opportunity to say when I was a kid, I hung out with the soccer players, you know, they were my idols, the guys that played the local teams and we followed them like they're our Ronaldo's, our Messi's, you know, they're the yeah. only people I knew. So now it's the fact with social media and, and I come back and play for the national team. I want these kids to be able to touch me and reach me. And, you know, I'm right there for them, you know, even though, yes, you can be the Kaikmar, but I'm right there and they can access you. So hardship ends now it's going into making it more given empowerment to sports and education because here people are getting lost into i just want to be a professional soccer player and they're dropping out yeah. of school so that's why we're doing all like this holiday again with the help of legends fc grabbing so much gear that they did you know shout out to drew ray and and legends putting that together um getting all this equipment, bringing it back home. And then I was like, we're creating clinics around the country. And people are like, what are clinics? And I'm like, yeah. And then we create these clinics and with these kids. And it was only school-going kids that we played. And people thought I wanted to pick the best players. No. And I'm playing handball with them. I'm playing different games. And I was like, no, it's about just togetherness. How do we bring everybody together so we can then play? And then we're teaching like life lessons so these kids know it. And it's not just about, you know, how many times you can juggle, you know, how can you beat this player? So yeah. slowly, gradually introducing like the basics of the game to them that really doesn't get, you know, teach around here. What are, what are the age, uh, age groups that are, um, that are part of this? Like, do you have like, you know, K through 12 or, or what's, what's the age range? Yeah. So, so we, when we, this first clinic that we did, um, we only kept it bit, uh, age 10 to 12 with okay. these kids. Yeah. So it was just, so, and over here it's called, uh, I think it's, it's like our grade nine, our ninth grade, I think it is. Okay. No, it's not our ninth grade. Maybe it's our 10th grade. Wait, sorry. No, what am I saying? Middle school. It's middle school. <laughs> okay. I didn't go to middle school in America, so I don't know. But yeah, it's ten. It's, it's ten to twelve. The registration and and it was really about not just because all the boys want to play, but I made yeah. an equal amount of boys and girls. You know, I yeah. forced the schools to give me five boys, five girls, five boys, five girls, and the girls came out again. For example, 
most of them are shy because the boys are the ones playing soccer all the time. But when they came out, now there's handball, there's tag, there's running, and then they're like, oh, then they start relaxing and really getting into it. And then, you know, then there's some soccer aspects. But it's just the all the ways that I've learned through the U.S. and different places, different clinics and camps that I've done, I'm trying to bring that back into my country and introduce it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. When was when was the first time you played for Sierra Leone, the uh, national team? 2008. Yeah, 2008. Uh, it was good. How did Remember that feel getting called up? It was good. It's uh, it's so different, though. I mean, like you say, you seen my posts and street street soccer is everything over here. Yeah. So I remember in 2006 when I first got drafted, that's when I started making some money. And I was like, I'm going to buy my ticket because it's really expensive, $2,500 to buy a round-trip ticket to Sierra Leone. So I bought a ticket and I came. Yeah, that was then. So I bought a ticket and I came. And then I wanted to play just with the guys. And then you have to play on these local, like, street games, you know? So I went and played in these local games. And basically, that's your trial for the national team. Oh, really? You start playing in those games, and then people know about you. Then they start saying your name, and then people know more. So in 2007, again, I did the same thing. And then later, they were like, okay, 2008, because um, it it's usually in December in the off-seasons in America, so I come. So well, next year, for the games coming up, we're considering calling you. I was like, wait, so I proved myself on the streets. I got my cred. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, but it was a tough one because in 2008 also was the Olympic year. And Ziggy had brought me in and said, hey, uh, they're thinking about calling you for the Olympic team. You know, oh, wow. for okay. the U.S. Yeah. I was a citizen. And I was like, you know, I if I go play for Sierra Leone, I will really get connected to the country. I'll be able to travel to the Sierra Leone more. But if I stay here, then basically I won't get my chance to, you know, go home more. So I'm happy I made the decision to come back here and, yeah. and be involved. Yeah. Do you do you go home uh, every off season? Every off season. Every off season. I know my my wife is like, no, she's used to it now. <laughs> she's trapped. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my kids, no, it's great. Even this last off season, my three kids and you know, wife, my wife's sister, you know, my brothers. We brought maybe like fifteen people to Sierra Leone. Nice. You know, it's it's a holiday, but. I yeah. put them all to work with hardship heads because yeah, now we came in and everybody was working. No, I come home all, all the time for the off seasons. That's that's our holiday. Come to Sierra Leone, spend time here, um, and then obviously during the season when there's international breaks, I get to come back and play for national team. Oh, nice. Okay. Right now, I'm here right now for we're training with the national team um, because we have two games coming up for the African Cup qualifications. Oh wow! Okay, what are those games? Yeah, we, uh, on the twenty seventh, we're playing Lesotho, so down south, by you know South Africa area, and then on the thirtieth, we're playing Benin in Sierra Leone. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then so, usually after that, like, what do you usually take a couple days after the last game to come back, or do you usually come back like right away? When, when we're when we're in season in the U.S., it's like the next flight. You're in the next flight, um, rushing. Yeah. I remember once I've been on a flight straight to Seattle and getting on the field to play in a game for Kansas City. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember once also going straight to Kansas and uh, have to play in a game, but I was was a sub. 
And just because of the time difference, I remember sitting on the bench, sleeping, just no way. <laughs> like, like, coach, put me in already because yeah. I'm sleeping here because the time difference is killing me. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. As, yeah. This is interesting to me as a flight attendant um, because, I mean, I think of those things. How, how many flights does it take you to get home and then back? Is it just, it's, it's yeah, not a direct so flight, is it? No, no, we have to always fly through either Paris, Brussels, um, before it used to be um, Heathrow. So oh, okay. no matter where you're coming from the U.S., so those are the places you're connecting through, and then you have a direct flight to Sierra Leone. Okay. Also, it's, I guess it's not too bad. It's only two flights. No, it, it is. It's it, depending on where you're coming from, but it's the yeah. weights in between because there's only one flight that will then fly to Sierra Leone. So usually oh, my okay. wait to Paris now is like a five, six hour wait in between, depending on what time I get in and then flying, you know, coming here. When you get out there, uh, like, do you, do you feel the time change? A little bit. Right now I'm feeling it because yeah. we train in the morning and I go home and I take a nap and then I try to, you know, sleep at night and I can't sleep and I'm up. I have to be up at six o'clock in the morning because we train by six thirty because it gets to you know 80, 85 degrees by nine o'clock. So we have to train yeah. super early. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I ask that is because as a flight attendant, when I I've always noticed that when I fly to Asia, I don't really feel the time change. But when I go to Europe, I feel it bad. But I mean I'm not doing anything like you are. I'm not running around. All I'm doing is passing people cokes, and then you know later on I go out to eat, and you know, so it's it's nothing that strenuous. It's it's, it's cool though. I I, I uh, I've actually said it only happened once. I've said for the amount of time that I've flown, and I haven't ran into a flight attendant twice. You know, and yeah, because like, for the, yeah, it, like, it, it, for it doesn't happen usually. All the, yes. yeah. So then finally it happened. I ran into one person twice. Oh, really? And I was just like, yes, it finally <laughs> happened. Yeah. That means you fly a lot. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wanted to ask you so you were in MLS and then comes your loan stint with Norwich, right? In yes. England? How did it feel going from the MLS and then playing in England? A kid, man, a kid, a kid in this dream still just don't believe, you know, these things are happening, but it's amazing. Because again, we now, now I live in America. Now I went to college in America and even playing in America. And then, so, which means every Saturday you wake up early to watch the EPL. Yeah. You know, even before our games in the in MLS in the morning, what motivates you is like that wake up and watch EPL games and you get ready for your game. So to finally feel like, you know, in 2013, it was a random call for my agent. Very random. We're in preseason when it was like teams are interested. It wasn't, we weren't looking for it at all. Oh, really? And somebody's interested. No, it was not. It wasn't like we're shopping to say, okay, this year we want to go Europe. No. Yeah. Very random. So then to be in the EPL and just to wake up in mornings and go on the training, and I was just like, what? Like, I'm really here? Or like playing in the games and, you know, it, every once in a while during those stops, I'm like really thinking like, I see 
the me, I see the guy that's laying in bed in the U.S. in the morning watching this game yeah. that I'm in because those are the games you watch. So Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like that. So you went to Norwich and then you went to Middlesbrough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you came back to the U.S. When you came back to the U.S., did you – was it something that – you were looking for a specific team to come back to, or it was just like, yo, I'm going to go back to MLS. Let's see who picks me up. No, I was looking for a specific team. I actually tweeted it <laughs> and people are like, man, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, if I'm coming back to the U S cause when, you know, it wasn't, there was new rumors guys coming back. There was a few teams and I tweeted, you know, on that trend saying, if I'm coming back to the U S I'm going to no other place, but back to Kansas city. Cause yeah. that's home, you know? And, uh, and Columbus called. <laughs> and so Kansas City didn't work out. Columbus called. And the first thing that went through my mind was, you know, Ziggy again. And my, my, the time that I spent in Columbus, I was there for two years, two seasons. Mm-hmm. And I'd only scored five goals. So it was just two goals one season, three goals the other. And I was just like, right when they called and they talked, I said, yes. Because I wanted to rewrite that history. Yeah. Because I was like, I was way better than that. You know, there's no way I can score just five goals being there. So that's how I ended up in Columbus. Speaking of goals, mm. is I did I did some research, and you're number five on the top ten all-time goal scorers in MLS. Number six is not far away from me. And happy birthday to Brady Wright Phillips, by the way. Hey, <laughs> how does how does how how does that make you feel to achieve something? that you're going to be talked about well after you're gone from the league. Like, how does that make you feel? Dreams, dreams do come true. You know, dreams do come. I, did, I didn't dream about that. Yeah, I dreamt about being a professional soccer player and dream about just enjoying myself and scoring goals. But dreams do come true. And really, sacrifices, you know, make the right sacrifices. You know, the parties that I missed, the birthdays, the, you know, uh, the weddings and all these things that I missed, you know, actually did help to where I am today. You know, I apologize to all those friends and family that missed your celebrations, but, you know, I, I, I sacrificed those times to get my sleep, get my rest to make sure that I'm ready to, to go. And it's great. You know, I'm happy that I was, I'm able to do that and to be able to motivate, you know, the, you know, more black kids that want to, you know, do something great. Cause I, you know, like I said, in America in MLS, I followed, you know, Kobe Jones so much growing up and, you know, so, and it's, it, maybe it's not just for the black kids, but the minorities that, you know, we don't think you get more chances and more opportunities, but, you know, keep pushing yourself, keep, you know, that drive for the single, the kids are at home with single parents, you know, just because your mom or your dad is not there to go watch you play doesn't mean you can't push yourself to, you know, to keep going because yeah. you can be your motivation. You know, you, you, everything has to start with you. And when you start seeing those things, don't get big headed, like enjoy it, but don't get big headed because yeah. the more you enjoy it, the, 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 the more success you're going to keep getting. You know, if I can pay you a compliment every time I feel every time that I would, that I see you play, you play with passion, with joy. And especially when you score a goal, I feel like, you know, me watching it from the outside, when you score that goal, 
the smile that comes over your face, like, man, that guy loves the fucking sport. Like you can tell. And that's one of the things that I, that I've always loved about you, man. That's awesome. And I, I hope to save that recording. I need that clip because that's how I want to be. That's how I want to be described when I'm done playing this game. You know, the words that you just said, that's how I want to be described when I'm done playing, you know, I don't have championships to follow, but, the love, the passion, the, you know, the smile, you know, play and live this thing with joy. That's really what it is. And yeah, that, those are the words. That's how I want to be described, you know, of this game. You know, growing up, growing up, I told you that I was a Galaxy fan. So I always, I always thought every time there was rumors that you were going to be, you know, hey, is he on the move? Is he going here? I always kept thinking, come to the Galaxy, come to the Galaxy, right? And then you didn't, but then you would come play the galaxy or the galaxy would go play you and you'd break our hearts. And I was like, there was never, I could never I, be angry well, with enjoy you. that. No, I enjoy that. It's the, one of the best. It's like playing against your friends. All yeah. you want to do is beat your friends, you know? Yeah, of course. So it's one of the best when I come back home to the home Depot center, which I still call it home Depot Same. Uh, center. I, or I do too. <laughs> so sorry to whoever the sponsorships are for galaxy. Now. It doesn't matter. But the home Depot center, I come there and then I'm like, all my friends and family are here. This is my college, you know, like I want to score a goal here. Oh, when you play Galaxy, wherever you're at, you know, I'm playing for. And I'm like, no, because everybody in LA are watching, you know, my people in Manhattan Beach, my people in this are watching. So I want to make sure I score because if I score, you know, they're watching at home. So those are the fun motivations. You know, when I was younger and I'd see you come to the Home Depot Center and then after the game, you had... You had a pretty big section. You keep, you keep saying you keep saying younger, man. You're making me feel like I'm older. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm 38 right now, so I believe I'm older than you. There you go. There you go. Back back in the day, I should say, uh, when yeah. I would go watch the games after the games, you would have uh, you'd have a good good amount of people there supporting you. Yeah. And this was before I knew that you went to Cal State Dominguez Hills. This was before I knew you were from. Southern California, or you lived in Southern California. Yeah. I always thought, man, he gets all the love here in LA. Like, what's going on? And then later on, I found out, I was like, oh, he went to high school. Oh, he went to uh, college here. Oh, okay, I get it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah like I'm I said, I wasn't, anytime, those pe- I wasn't paying those people to be my fan. <laughs> You're giving them an extra $5 bill just to pump you up. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I know you've already said it a couple times uh, during the interview, but what would you, what would you tell little kids coming up that have a dream to play in the MLS, to become a professional athlete? What advice would you give them? Make, make the right sacrifices, you know, make the right sacrifices. Like I said before that party that, you know, um, time you're hanging out with your friends sometimes that you don't need you need that rest and it's not to go training but it might be to do your homework so you can get that grade because again it's about education most of us have to play at school before you can get drafted so you want to do good at school you know don't forget that one part of doing good at school you missed your grades because now you can't play on the team so make the right sacrifices you know that would then you know uh 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 make you achieve what you want in the biggest thing, whether it's professionally. So if you make the right sacrifices 
early, later on, you know, and hopefully way beyond what I've done, you can sit there and enjoy it and say, yeah, you know, hey, John, I'm sorry. Or, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry that I missed, you know, your your wedding, you know, but that I had a game. So I'm sorry, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Yeah. And I hope, I'm sure the people that, that you surround yourself, um, I'm sure they're very understanding. You know, like I told you off mic that one of my really good friends is AJ De La Garza. I didn't meet him until 2014, right? But even, I mean, I've never had anything to where I've invited him like, oh, hey, we're doing this thing. But I understand that what he's doing is he's following his dream. He's playing. So I feel like as a friend, I need to be understanding to, hey, he has a mindset. He has something he wants to do. Um, and as a friend, I, I, I need to be supportive. So, I mean, I can only imagine that the people around you uh, also have that mindset where they just want to see you succeed in anything you do, especially in soccer. And, you know, even if it is, oh, hey, I can't go to this or I can't go to that. I'm sure nobody blames you for that, man. No, no, it's good. Uh, AJ, the, the smallest center back that, you know, kind of gives me <laughs> hell every once in a while. I know. <laughs> but uh, so that's I think man. he's actually it's listed good, at man. six feet, I think. But I'm like, mm, no, you're not. I'm sure. Yeah. You're when not. he wears cleats, I'm sure he's like, <laughs> when he wears cleats. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, it's, it's so cool. No, man. I mean, those are the things too, like the friends, you know, that you do have or even just opponents you play against sometimes and somebody like AJ, like we don't, we haven't hung out, but you know, this soccer family is so big, you know, and it's so nice to have those, but yeah, when you have people around you that supports you and really, uh, they, it helps, it helps your motivation. It helps push you, you know, and don't, you know, uh, 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 uh hold grudges against you for not being there for them because you guys are always, like you say, your friends of his, you're always hit there for us. You go to our games every weekend that you can, but you know, we're not able to go to your events all the time, but you know, we appreciate the fact that you understand, you know, where we're coming from, you know? So, yeah. and it comes like, even so, so you, it's now to, to back to the younger guys, you have girlfriends, you know, and, or even girls playing soccer, you have boyfriends and sometimes they put pressure on you to hang out with them so much, but you can't, yeah. you know? So you keep doing what you're doing that, you know, this is what I want to do, you know, and not saying you need to do something for them to just make them happy. I know there's a balance, but for us youngest, you know, you are like, have your priorities straight first. And hopefully that person understands that's, you know, that's more important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And my last question to you before I let you go, is there one player that you've played against that you're like, this guy is just a headache to play against. <laughs> oh man. And if you don't want to share oh. that, you don't have to, but maybe you can tell me <laughs> off mic. <laughs> no, no, I will. I will. I will. I, um, I, I tell a story about, this one player, a center back that I was playing for Houston and it's so hot in Houston and I'm just this young, you know, kid just running around so much because I'm just like energetic. I'm like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to take you down. And then he gave me one of these on the back of my head. Pop, like, Kai, slow yourself down. And I look back at him. I couldn't do nothing but laugh. It was Jimmy Conrad. 
Oh wow! And I did not like playing <laughs> against Jimmy Conrad. Nice. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Jimmy Conrad, and then obviously then I moved to uh to to Kansas City where Jimmy was. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I just remember those days because again, Jimmy was a national team player. Yeah, and uh, he was solid, so he knew he actually his anticipation. I thought was really good, you know. So here's when I play against those guys in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they're you know they're the top guys in the league. So as a striker, you want to really do good. Yeah. So I think those those times were a fun times. So shout nice. out to Jimmy. I will always <laughs> remember that. Hey man, once again, thank you very much for being on the show. I can't thank you enough. It means the world to yeah. me. And uh, stay. I'm going to stop the recording. Sierra, from Sierra Leone, sending some love to you and the show. And thanks for having me on you know, the Jesus show. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm going to stop the recording, but stay on so I can take a picture with you real quick. All right? Oh. Right? Wasn't that fucking cool? I'm still... I'm kind of speechless, like... I got to talk to Kai Kamara. Holy shit. Like I said, I watched him since he uh, came into the league playing uh, with the Columbus crew. And then I, I think I told him I saw him at the Home Depot one time uh, at a January game uh, that the U.S. men's national team had. And I saw him and I was like, oh shit. I wanted to take a picture with him and I did it. Because I normally don't ask for that kind of stuff if I see a celebrity uh, and when I have seen celebrities, I'm like, yeah, like it's cool. I see him. I'm like, oh, cool. That's whoever it is. But what really gets me is soccer players and comedians. When I see them, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, I don't show that on the outside. I do that on the inside. On the outside, I go, oh, hey, what's up, man? Uh, so I, I got to take a picture with him. I mean, I know it's Zoom, but still, it's fucking amazing. And I got to talk to him. Like... Whoa, again, Kai, thank you so much for doing this. I know I've told you. I know I, I, I sent it to you in a text, and I told you when you were you know, on camera and off camera. Thank you so much, but I cannot thank you enough, man. And just, it, it means so much to me that you took the time to come on, and you just gave me your time. Amazing. Remember, follow him on Instagram at 2K3. You can follow him there. And then I believe he has a link that you can follow his uh, foundation as well. It's a great foundation. We talked about it. Um, I just love that not only is he, uh, you know, a talented soccer player doing things on the field. I also love it when these players do something off the field to um, help people. That's that's amazing. <sighs> okay, see now I'm like, oh man, that was so awesome. Again, this week, well, before we get to that, remember, subscribe, rate, write a rev write a review. Uh go on the go on my Instagram at the Jesus Show NTO. There's a link tree, or there's a link called a link tree, I guess. And you can find me on all the platforms that I'm on, uh, YouTube channel, all that good stuff. And you can watch it. Remember, tell your mom, tell your dad, and tell everybody you know to subscribe to The Jesus Show. Not that one. Now, once again, some more 
original music by me. You know what I'm reaching for? <laughs> yeah, you do. It's the guitar once again. Let's go. Let's do this. Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. The Jesus Show, not that one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the show every week.